So I felt like the Lord just started this message uh, with a phrase, excavating the opportunity. And as you'll hear a little bit later, kind of one of those cool uh, alignments that happens from time to time as, as my wife and I have been praying about uh, this service and this message, it was over a week ago that both of us were just praying and asking God, what's the sense of uh, the message for the Elevation family and for those who are listening and as we often do, we'll spend a little time on our own praying and then come together and uh, work as a team and see what the Lord has. And so this message is one of those fun ones where separately, we essentially got the exact same message. And so she's going to come up and, and finish the message after me, uh, but there's an excitement there of, of alignment of what God is doing. And it has to do with this sense of there is great opportunity in front of us excavating the opportunity. And that kind of comes with this word picture that has to do with an earthquake in some sense. When there is a, an earthquake, oftentimes the, you know, the tiles physically, what is actually happening, and not that I'm a geologist, so I'm not going to go deep into this because I'm going to be above my pay grade real quick, but you know, the tiles, the plates of the earth move and they shift. And sometimes when, they, when it all shifts and all the dust settles, if you will, the, the elevations are different than they were before, and some new things are sticking out. Some new things are exposed, and that's happening in our culture right now. There is a tremor in our culture happening where there is all sorts of, of disruption and tumult and upheaval, and even in the midst of it, although it's not done, the, the dust is settling in a sense where you can, you can look back and you see that, that new things are being exposed, where the, the soil underneath is being exposed, being revealed, new things, maybe unexpected things in your life, in your family, in the culture, in the world around us. There are things that were, in a sense, maybe lying a, a bit hidden underneath, but in the, the earthquake and the tumult, there are new things that are being exposed. And I, I feel like the Lord was just wanting us to say, excavate that opportunity. As new things get exposed, it might not be very comfortable. It might not be what we were expecting. It might not be what we thought was in the soil underneath. But at this point, none of that matters. What matters is, are you excavating the opportunity that is right in front of you. And so that's what we want to dig in today. We want to further follow Jesus' words a little bit to, to maybe help further expose the, the soil of our hearts and what is actually happening in the, in the tumult of our culture right now. And then we want to move to that challenging but encouraging reality that we always have an opportunity, we have the opportunity to excavate well. That there's those divine holy moments of opportunity. But like Revelation 3 says, Jesus knocks at the door of our heart and he says, if you open it, I will come in and we'll meet and we'll have some time together. That's an opportunity to excavate. So let's dig into God's word right now. I want to take us to Mark chapter 4, 14 to 20. There's a very famous parable, the parable of the sower, the parable of the seeds. And I want to take us to the, the summary where Jesus explains them. And just, just for time's sake, because there's a, a lot we want to cover today. It's a very famous parable, so most of you have heard of it before. It's where Jesus talks about that process of God's word going forth, of God's truth going out into various ears, hearts, minds, and, and how do people respond to that and what happens and what is happening in their life. And Jesus goes to explain it in Mark chapter 4, verses 14 to 20. Let's read it. Jesus says, The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path so they don't even hit the soil the, where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word so that it is, immediately takes away the word that is sown in them. 
And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. So the challenge I want to issue this morning is what kind of soil has this cultural disruption revealed in your heart? What kind of spiritual soil has all of the tumult and disruption revealed is in you? Let's talk about the the rocky soil for a moment. I'm going to go ahead and uh, honestly skip the first one, the ones where this, the seed of God's truth is sown along the path that doesn't even make it into soil and Satan immediately takes it and it gets nowhere. I'm assuming that if you're listening this morning, that's, there's no way that's you because you want it to go somewhere. So it's fallen on some soil. So let's pick up at the rocky soil. These are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy, but they have no root in themselves. They endure for a while then, but when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So the rocky soil, those are the ones who They receive the word. That's interesting language. They receive the word. They hear it. They receive it with joy, and they they sprout up, and there's some growth. There's joy encountering God's word. That's a good thing. But the challenge comes, or the problem comes, is that when tribulation arises, when challenge arises, what is revealed is that the roots aren't very deep. And so they begin to to wither and even fall away from God. And that's an interesting challenge right now that we're seeing in our world is that this tumult in our culture, this cultural kind of uproar, is really putting faith to the test for many. What are the roots of their soul anchored in? And you can see a lot right now in the, the absolute panic and fear and hysteria where the world's freaking out and Jesus speaks very plainly and not to say that that, that fear doesn't happen to all of us but if you feel yourself drifting away in a place where you're just wondering where is God where you feel your 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 soul really kind of teetering on the edge holding on by a thread of just what is, what is good? Is there any good that can come out of this? And right now my soul is being tossed to and fro and I, I can feel that there's not an anchor that I'm holding on to. Whether it's drawing me near to the Father's heart, to that throne of grace that strengthens me. And right now you can feel yourself just getting tossed to and fro, just kind of beaten up by life and the tumult of our culture. That's a hard challenge to face, but sometimes we, we, we don't really have the choice of whether or not it's exposed. The, the tumult of our culture can just show us the truth of where we're at, and that's actually a good thing. If the spiritual soil of your heart is being sown among, has been sown among rocky soil, and you can sense that that's what's being revealed, there's actually good news in that. There's really good news in that. Because when truth is revealed, God's right there to heal. 
Psalm 1-3 is your truth from God today. If you can sense that you're rocky soil. Psalm 1-3 says God's will, God's heart, God's destiny for you is that you can be like this. You can be a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season and its leaves do not wither and in all you do, you prosper. That's what happens when the soil of your heart gets rich so that the roots of your faith can draw down deep into that unceasing river of God's goodness that's coming your way by the Holy Spirit. So it it doesn't matter how hot it gets, your leaves don't wither. It doesn't matter the fiery trial that might come, you will produce fruit in every season and be prosperous in all that you do. That's a promise of God's will for you. You can't do it on your own strength. And if you've identified, yeah, there's some rocky soil in my heart, I'm drifting away right now, I'm getting beat up and I'm hanging on a thread, then just own it and come to the throne of grace and say, I want Psalm 1-3, God. That's who I want to be. Because his grace is right there waiting to transform your heart, your mind, and your life. Or maybe right now what's being revealed is that the spiritual soil in your heart is a bit thorny. Jesus said it like this in Mark 8, 4, 18, and 19. Others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful so this is again a person who has heard heard the word they've heard it they've heard God's word they've been to church they know the truth they know truth about God probably even call themselves a Christian and yet there's this there's with a a cunning deceitfulness the thorns have have gotten in there they've grown up around good soil and they're choking it out and Jesus describes it like this the cares of the world the deceitfulness of riches the desire for other things and if I'm honest this this is this this is one that is right there battling in my heart those are the temptations of life for me those are I would say, in my opinion, this is the spiritual soil of America. That's the climate that we live in. We have so many good things to choose from that if postured properly in the heart can be blessings. But if not, they can be idols that become thorns that grow up around us. This, listen to that phrase. It's like, man, Jesus Jesus is coming to get me. The desire for other things. That's a heavy hitter. In the tumult of, of our cultural uproar right now, I think that's being revealed. That a lot of us, though we've heard the word and we know the truth, what's being revealed because in the lack of fruitfulness right now coming out of our life, what's being revealed is that we had allowed desire for other things to grow and become thorns that are choking out that passionate love affair with Jesus. It's such a simple phrase, the desire for other things. Who doesn't have that? Reminds me of that Lord of the Rings quote where Gandalf is on the, you know, on the prison on top of the tower and he's warning. I think he's talking to Saruman and he, he gives that dire warning. <laughs> There's only one Lord of the Ring and he does not share power. 
Well, that's a kind of a dark quote, but he's talking about allegiance. And Jesus very much issues the same type of call for allegiance. There is only one throne on your heart, and you can't share power. You can't share the throne of your heart. It just doesn't work. There's only one who's worthy to sit on the throne of our hearts. And the desires for other things, even though they seem innocuous, they actually kick the king of kings off the throne of our hearts. And our lives prove to to be unfruitful or the word of God that wants to break in and be incredibly fruitful proves to be unfruitful. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. That's the throne of our heart he's talking. He's painting a picture for us. And maybe right now it's even helpful as we think about that, that, that challenging word of the soil of our hearts. And is there a desire for other things? Picture a throne. And who's on that throne? Maybe this cultural upheaval is a good thing because it's revealing that there's desires for other things that are sitting on the throne. And Jesus says it so simply, so plainly, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And so though he's particularly talking about money, and that's an important one, and that's a big one, and he talks about it here, the deceitfulness of riches, if that's where your dependence is at, then that's got the throne of your heart. If that's where your source of security is at, if that's where your source of pleasure is at, that's got the throne of your heart. It's much bigger. Jesus said no one can serve two masters. It could be anything. The desire for other things. Fill in the blank. It's the throne of your heart. Who's on the throne? And so in this season, there is great opportunity to just do some honest assessment, reflection. Even though it might be painful, the soil, the spiritual soil of your heart might be revealed right now. And it's uncomfortable at first, but the so good news of the gospel is that anytime something is revealed, if God reveals, it's because he wants to heal. He wants all of us to be the good soil. Mark 4.20 says it like this. There were those who were sown on the good soil, and they are the ones who hear the word of God, and they accept it, and they bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, a hundredfold. That is the abundant life that Jesus speaks of, that he wants for each one of us, that from one small seed of God's word, it would take root in, in, in humble, hungry hearts. And what it produces over time is 30, 60, a hundredfold. That's a supernatural harvest. And that is God's heart for all of us. That the word, that the seed of his word would be planted and we would steward it well to be able to look back on our life and see a hundredfold harvest of good fruit and be able to just laugh and be like, wow, I know I couldn't do that. That is some good fruit. Praise God. I know on my own strength, I don't produce that kind of fruit. In fact, I prove unfruitful for lasting kingdom fruit. And I'll say honestly, it has been a privilege this week to be interacting with many of you, Elevation family, on Zoom, almost exclusively, except for a few folks that we see uh, Friday as we serve at the community cupboard, but visiting a couple different life groups this week and then being online for the daily devotionals. There is a bountiful harvest happening in a lot of good soil out there in the Elevation family. Honestly, it's so good to see. Friday night, I was on the, the, the life group 
in the, with the Andrews and, and just hearing people's testimony that even in the midst of this trial, what they're seeing God produce in them is, is strong faith. Where they're able to get up and they're able to worship God in the midst of this. Or they're, they're able to take the posture of being prayer warriors in the midst of this. Or on Tuesday night, meeting in the, the Lamana Life Group, we're hearing genuine testimony of people sharing fruit of the Spirit in the midst of this. Where there is hope, there is joy, there is love for God and for neighbor. That as people are sharing, you all are sharing, there's, there's a humility about it saying, God's doing this. And I love seeing that. That is a, a beautiful thing. Or even for those, that, that awesome crew Thursday and Friday that's going over to the community covered and, and serving the vulnerable in our community, preparing food and distributing food, to have a heart that's able to look outward right now in the midst of what the culture is saying, you've got to be scared and terrified. And I'm not in any way saying those who are doing social, or, you know, social distancing for the sake of their health, go for it. Do it. It's healthy. It's good. But for those who are able to get out, that's not just the only way. You can serve your neighbors right now by saying, hey, how can I pray for you? Or I heard some stories this week from you guys of when you're going to the store, you say, hey, can I pick up something for you? Or you're serving out at the community cupboard. Just those type of things, like that's a fruitful harvest that I'm hearing, and it's beautiful. And those are just some of the stories. But that's, that's to me, <laughs> that's the proof that's in the pudding. I honestly walked away from all of those calls. Same thing, some of the uh, devotionals here, and you guys process God's word and how you're responding to the crisis and how where fear has just enraptured so many and, and a slavery to fear even, as Hebrews 2 talks about. And there's the but God. And for those who are wrestling with fear, there's no condemnation, there's no judgment, but God has better. And to be able to hear some of those real testimonies this week has been encouraging to my soul. There is some strength out there in good soil. Many hearts, many, many hearts in the Elevation family. And God wants that just to multiply into all of us in greater measure. Because I, I don't know if it's breaking the analogy that Jesus meant, but I kind of feel like, you know, there's, there's mixed soil in a way. There's good soil in our hearts but then there's some areas in particular that we've allowed thorns to grow up or there's some areas in particular that just kind of poke the buttons in a wrong way and we feel like now we're kind of more like the, the thorny soil in that way. Well, I believe the good news of Jesus is he just wants to purify that spiritual soil this morning. I'm 100% convinced that's God's heart. That no matter, no matter in your own assessment of what's going on and where you're at in the spiritual soil of your heart, there is good news for you today. God's heart, God's will, as long as you're alive today, you have a fresh opportunity, and the, the, the will of God is to just beautify and purify the soil of your heart in greater measure so that your life is producing an abundant harvest that you know is not possible on your own strength. I want to take us to one last scripture and then I'll close my part and have my wife share. This is one of the, the best and most important scriptures in all of the Bible. Why am I confident of that? Well, because it's Jesus speaking, first of all, and it's the summary of the gospel. <laughs> Doesn't get much better than Jesus himself summarizing the gospel, which in the Greek, by the, by the way, if you're not familiar, simply translates good news. This is the summary of the good news that Jesus spoke. Mark 1, 14 and 15. Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, the good news of God, saying, the time has come, or the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. So repent and believe in the gospel. A few quick things to break down there. So rich, so good. Some of you already know this incredibly well. That's okay. Bear with me for a couple minutes and just with that humble childlike hunger, let it wash over your soul in a fresh way. 
So Jesus came proclaiming good news that what? First of all, the time is fulfilled or the time has come. There's a very important word there. Chronology is how we normally think of time. And in the Greek, there's a word for time, chronos, which is that sequential passing of time that we're all familiar with. But that's not what Jesus uses here. Many of you know it. He uses the word for time, kairos or kairos. And it has to do with a divine opportunity. You guys all intuitively know what this is. You're just going through life, the chronos, the chronology of life, time is passing, and then something stands out and it just hits you. And sometimes it's like, wham, right in the face. Wow, I have an opportunity right now. This could be a life-changing moment. And that's what Jesus is saying. Part of the good news is the time has come. There are kairos moments all over the place. In fact, my conviction is every time the word of God is preached or heard or read, you've got a kairos moment because you've got an opportunity, a divine opportunity to respond to God's truth and line up your life in greater measure with who God is, who you are in God's eyes, and God's will for your life. That's why I get so excited about getting into God's word on Sunday mornings. There is a divine opportunity every time. That's why you hear me talking a lot about, hey, make space for retreats. Get alone with God. Read his truth. That's why I'm going to the effort to do those daily devotionals. Let's get in God's word together. It's not because I'm some great this or that. It's because God's truth creates divine opportunity. And that's what Jesus is saying. You want your life to change with more of God's power pouring out? Good news is those opportunities are all over the place right now. There's a new era of grace upon us, he's saying. It's called the kingdom of God is at hand. That right there is the summary of the gospel. If you ask yourself in your heart, what's the gospel? What is the Christian gospel? Well, it's vast and it's rich, and that's why there's a whole New Testament and Old Testament together as one gospel. That's why Paul says it took me three years to talk to the Ephesians and and share the whole counsel of God. So it has layers and layers and depth and riches, but it is summarized by Jesus, our Lord and Savior, as simply this. The kingdom of God is at hand. Quite simply just means more of heaven is longing to break in to your life. It's right here. Right here. Within reach. Within grasp. It's a divine opportunity. You can grab hold of it. More of the goodness and the kindness and the mercy and the perfection and the healing and the deliverance and the forgiveness and the identity and the inheritance and all these promises of heaven where God reigns completely and it's only his goodness. All of that goodness wants to pour out into broken, hurting lives and transform them. One by one, little by little, or big by big, every area of life, every aspect of life. There is no area of your heart, there's no area or aspect of your life that God doesn't care about transforming. There's nothing that's off of God's radar. If it matters to you, it matters to God because he wants to be on the throne of your heart in every way, in every aspect. And the great news of that is when he's reigning as the king of kings over every aspect of your life, you are going to be living into the fullness of that 30, 60, 100-fold abundance that Jesus spoke of. It's good to have Jesus as king. And that's the gospel God's king in heaven, and he wants to reign as king on earth in every aspect of your life. And when you do that, you step into the abundant life. As we do this, it will be a dramatic change in the status quo. God's 
Kingdom is a dramatic change in the status quo. How are you excavating that opportunity? There is opportunity every single day. Jesus said it like this. Here's how you excavate the opportunity of the kingdom of God being right here. You repent and believe. Let me start right off the bat. Before you, you know, click cancel. I've heard too much. No thanks. I'm done. Repent. Ah! Repent is not a dirty word. It's not a bad word. It's not a four-letter Christian word. It doesn't have to be scary. Some people have misused it. Get those wackos out of your head. It's a beautiful word. It simply means to change your thinking. Metanoia, change your mind, change how you think. So the idea is this, that God has this whole other world possible, this kingdom of God, that when it breaks into our life, is like a hundredfold harvest of beauty. This whole other world is possible that God desires to break in, and he simply wants to teach you about it. He wants to show you. He wants you to encounter it, and your job is simply to take the posture of a learner, like a Padawan, and where you, you say, teach me, show me, I have a lot to learn, where you, you expect my mind is going to be transformed, I'm going to learn a lot, I don't know inherently, I don't know how your world works, God. So that's where Jesus, one example is when, you know, he's hanging out with the prostitutes and the sinners, the traitors, the tax collectors, and, the, and the, the Pharisees come in and they're like, oh, we know how God's world works. What are you doing? You're holy. How could you hang out with those horrible people? And Jesus says, you don't get it. Go understand what this, what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. In other words, you're not going to earn your way to me. You're not going to earn your way to God. There is a free gift of salvation and the forgiveness of sins based on what I'm going to do in my life, death, and resurrection. They needed a metanoia. They needed to change their minds about this new world that's breaking in. So God is knocking at the door this morning. There is divine opportunity how are you excavating that opportunity are you coming with that heart of that humble child that says oh I'm hungry to learn God wants to encounter you in such a way God wants to transform your life in such a way he wants to bring such fruit of the spirit love joy peace Patience, kindness, goodness, mercy, self-control, faith, hope. Did I say that again? Hope. Maybe we need a double portion of hope this morning. And he wants to fill you up with his spirit in such a way that you can carry him to others in the world with gifts and passions that you can genuinely say, I feel God's power with me. He wants to do so many incredible things. He wants to give you an identity where you know that you are royalty. You're part of God's family, beloved sons and daughters. I don't even have time to go into all the manifold blessings of God's kingdom, but he wants to do so much that you have this realization. Wow, repentance is the path to the abundant life. And that you begin to carry in you, actually, a longing, a hunger, a desire. I want to repent. I want to look for those opportunities where I can tell I need God's perspective. And that actually becomes in your soul good news. Because you know that that means God's wanting to bring more of the kingdom of heaven. So we carry a posture that says, God, Show me today how I can learn. 
Show me today how I can grow. Show me if there's areas in the soil of my heart that are rocky or thorny because I want to give them to you so that you can purify the soil of my heart. I want more of the kingdom of God in my life. How are you excavating the opportunity this morning? I want to have my wife come up and, and, and follow with that. But that's part of where we want to leave it this morning. Is that in this cultural tumult, the uproar, there are down into the nitty gritty areas of life. Of how are we responding to our kids as we're all quarantined? How are we responding to our, our spouse now that we're stuck together so often? How are we responding to finances? How are we responding to, to fear-filled headlines? How are we responding to the needs of others? How are we maintaining that communion with God to where our soul gets filled up and overflows with praise? There are so many nitty-gritty ways in this season to excavate the opportunity to repent and believe in the good news that God always has more of his kingdom that he wants to break in. So it's that God show me those opportunities that I have today. And the end result when God does this is always a 30, 60, 100 fold harvest, harvest that makes you be able to look at your life and say, wow, I couldn't do this, but God did and is, and God is good. All right, so there were two things that I felt like the Lord spoke to me that he wanted um, me to share this week. One was the word alignment, which also means uh, repentance. And um, I really loved this because the Acts 19 podcast that I referenced last week that Bill Johnson and Sean Bowles and a few others did, um, they actually... I loved because all the themes that I felt like the Lord had recently put on my heart, they had shared there also. And the word that they felt the Lord spoke to them was divine reset. And um, all of those words mean the same thing. I felt like there was a grace for alignment, a grace for divine reset, a grace for repentance. Repentance is a turning towards God. As Casey was mentioning, it's, a, it's an alignment it's a turning to align with God, a changing of mindsets and agreements, lining up with him. Um, along, these along with these words, I felt like God gave me a few pictures. One of them, um, and I feel like these pictures are symbolic of what God is active, moving, and doing now in the body of Christ. I actually believe there is a fiery movement of God right now moving in the hearts of his people. So at home, while you're looking at your screen, I just want you to welcome the move of God, the fire of God, the love of God to move your heart and to bring alignment and, and to... Um, impart these pictures. So the first picture was an image of a compass being recalibrated to true north. A redirection, an alignment. The second was a picture of a bone that was broken and out of place being put back together. What has been out of place is now being put together, aligned a reset, like the resetting of the bone, is taking place in all of us as we turn to God right now in this season and root ourselves in him even more. God is purifying, transforming, and aligning his bride now as we root down in him. Let's ask him what he desires to align in us. Ask him what he desires to align in you.
when the Lord lines us up, it's just more of his goodness and more of his freedom. There's no fear of punishment. There's no fear of, oh no, what am I doing wrong? When he comes to bring alignment, he's resetting like that bone. He's making it whole. He's resetting that compass, um, resetting it, recalibrating it to true north to where we're not bumping into the wrong things anymore. When he comes to bring alignment and repentance, there is freedom and there is wholeness. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And he desires I believe right now to bring an alignment and a wholeness that we feel in the depths of our being. The second word was assignment. And I actually want to read something that was from the, in the middle of my word that I will read later, but I feel like I want to start with this. Um, for assignments. It may look like things are at a standstill right now, as we are all isolated and on lockdown, but that is not what is happening in the spirit realm. In fact, it is the opposite. The heavens are not on lockdown. The heavens are on all systems go. The Lord is at work. He has dispatched his angel armies here on earth for such a time as this, and he is calling his kids to grab his hand, to listen to his voice, to be activated and on assignment through prayer, praise, and declaration. All right, assignments. I have this sense that there are like Casey was saying, this is a Kairos moment, and I have this sense that there is a time right now in a season where there are angels activated. Not that there aren't angels activated all the time, but I feel like this sense that this is what the Lord is doing right now. There are angels activated. There is a movement of God in the works, an awakening that is beginning, emerging. There is a mobilization of kingdom armies. Angels are on assignment. There are angels on assignment right now while we are in lockdown. There are angels on assignment right now, dispatched on earth, released, and waiting. The angels are waiting to hear the words of the Lord declared from your mouth as he releases them to you in prayer. The words that the Lord gives to you as you declare them, pray them, and speak them out over yourself, your family, your friends, your community, and the world. As you speak those out in agreement with what God wants to do, there are angels on assignment listening for someone who is declaring the words of the Lord and partnering with God in this way. They are listening for these words of the Lord being declared and prayed out. They're listening for what we speak out, for what we partner with. And they recognize as we speak out and partner with the words that God has given us, they recognize those words as originating from God's heart, as originating from the King of Kings, and they take action. Our partner with God, our partnership with God in saying, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, in specific ways that he shows us, is activating angels on assignment to bring about God's will on earth. And I actually want to go through uh, two verses right now that show this, that this is a reality. <laughs> He is the God of angel armies, and there are angels who do his will on earth and accomplish it. All right, so we're first going to go to Psalm 103, verse 20 to 21. This is in the ESV translation that I'm reading. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word. They do his word, obeying the voice of his word. 
bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. And then Hebrews 1.14, of the angels, he says, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? This verse says they are sent out for our sake, for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. They are sent out for our sake, for missions pertaining to us. When they're sent out to earth, they are, they are sent out on missions pertaining to us and to our world. They are sent out to bring God's kingdom. They are his angel armies. I really feel like there is a divine kairos opportunity, a divine kairos moment where the angels are on assignment right now. I believe there is a great awakening in the works and there are angels on assignment right now to bring that movement to fruition. They are on assignment waiting to hear the words of the Lord declared from our mouths as we partner with God specifically for the assignments that he gives us for this time. There's a divine mystery uh, that Jesus shows us throughout his ministry as well as specifically in Matthew 6 when he says, pray like this. And he specifically says, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's teaching the disciples how to pray. Our lives are meant to partner with God to bring his kingdom on earth. And there are angels dispatched on assignment right now as we partner with God during this time of isolation. There are angels on assignment as we partner with God in prayer. And I believe that there is a, um, there's a foundation being built. There is are almost like waves of fire going through our nation as we partner with God to bring a great awakening and to shift, to shift the atmosphere. We are all, oh, and I actually want to read this again. The angels on assignment are listening for the Lord's words, and as we speak them out, as we speak out what he has given us to partner with, they recognize those words as originating from his heart and they take action to do his word, to do his will. The Lord's angel armies are deployed on earth right now for such a time as this. And I want to say this paragraph again because I feel like it's so important. It may not look like things, or it may look like things are at a standstill right now as we are all isolated and on lockdown, but that is absolutely not what is happening in the spirit realm. It is the opposite. The heavens are not on lockdown. The heavens are all systems go. Let's partner with God right now on assignment. Let's get activated right now. We are all to be activated so, how do we partner with God? How, what do we do? How do we go on assignment and get activated? First of all, we're not meant to do everything. We're not meant to pray for everything. Each of us is just one person. We have our part, our assignment to partner with God in a unique way that is specific to us. With regard to these assignments, I felt like God spoke to me. And he said five things. For each of us to ask God specifically for five things to partner with him on. I love this number because it's kind of, it's not overwhelming. It's like five things, things, something we can hold in our one hand as we hold, as, as, and with our other hand, we hold his hand. Um, one thing about the five things, the enemy loves to take us out of commission he loves to take us out of the game by making us feel overwhelmed by the magnitude of everything so that we just kind of pray for nothing and hide in a corner because there's just too much and it's too overwhelming. It's not God's will for us to be overwhelmed and hiding in a corner where the enemy wants us to hide. It's God's will for us to rise up in faith and joy 
to take his hand on assignments, and he wants us activated. So let's ask God for those specific five subjects or things that he wants us to pray for and to intercede for during this time. Let's ask God for the five matters where he wants us to partner with him to say yes to his will on earth as it is in heaven for those things, where he wants us also to say no to the enemy for those things, to say no to what the world's headlines are over those things, and agreeing and declaring with God what his will is on earth in regard to those five things. Just as Jesus taught us to pray, and we say this over and over, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are listening to the heart of the Lord over each of those five things and saying yes and amen to what he shows us and he wants us to do. And I believe that as we partner with God for those things that he gives to each of us, there will be a power and activation. There are angels on assignment waiting to move, to bring God's kingdom and to partner to partner, to bring an awakening and a movement of God's spirit like what we have never seen before. All right. God, I thank you that you are moving, that you are in the midst of us, that we may be isolated right now from one another face to face, but as we gather to unite together online and as we gather to unite in prayer with you, I thank you that we can trust that you are on the move, that there is an explosion of your kingdom coming to earth that is happening right now as we align with you and as, uh, as we step forth during this season on assignment with you, that there is a great awakening in the works that is taking place. I thank you that each of us has our own special, powerful, and important part to play in this move, in this power that you want to bring in this goodness of your kingdom that you want to bring both to us personally, to our communities, and to our world. And so God, we just say yes and amen. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, gentle, good, faithful Father. We welcome you to align us, to gently align us, to reset those bones, to bring strength where there has been um, weakness and where things have been out of place. We thank you for lifting us up. And Lord, we thank you for lifting us up in strength, for giving us the joy of a child as we grab your hand and we partner with you now on assignments to bring your will to earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Dance a new dance now.